0: This is The Aromatic Wisdom Podcast, Episode 25. Today's show is all about grief. I'm going to talk about how you can use essential oils in a rather unique way to help you get through the grieving process and move on to let go and heal. You're listening to The Aromatic Wisdom Podcast with your host, Liz Fulcher. If you're interested in learning about essential oils, hearing interviews with industry experts, and discovering ways to grow your own aromatherapy business, this is the podcast for you. For more information and show notes, visit the website at aromaticwisdominstitute.com. Now sit back, relax, take a deep breath, and enjoy as Liz shares a dose of aromatic wisdom. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for being here today. My name is Liz Fulcher. I'm your host for the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast. Today's podcast episode is a good one. I really think you're going to enjoy what I have planned for you. Before I get into it, though, I need to make a correction of something I said last week or last podcast, episode 24 on the safe use of aromatherapy for children. I was talking about giving children hydrosols to drink. I gave two different dilution ratios. So, first part of the early on in the podcast, I'd said one teaspoon of hydrosol to one cup of water. Then later, I said one tablespoon of hydrosol to one cup of water. The correct dilution is one teaspoon to one cup of water. Now, one tablespoon isn't going to be harmful. It really isn't, and who knows? It could even be more helpful. But As I always say, start with less and then add more later. So start with one tablespoon, especially if it's, oh my word, I did that again. Start with one teaspoon and then if that uh, isn't effective, then you can go ahead and move it up to a tablespoon. But one teaspoon to one cup of water should be fine for children. Any more than that and it kind of doesn't taste very good and it even can be a little wasteful. So if you'd like to listen to episode 24 on the safe use of aromatherapy with children, you can go to the website com forward slash zero two four. A woman named Robin wrote to me and she heard the discrepancy and just wanted clarity. And I'm so glad she wrote. Thank you, Robin, because I bet she wasn't the only one who wondered about that. Okay, so let's move now into today's episode on grief, transition, and letting go. This is a big topic. It's huge and even kind of abstract. So I'm going to uh, talk first about the sort of things that we grieve about, and then I'm going to share kind of a unique way to choose the essential oils that you'll use in helping you move through grief. So you know I love definitions, so I'm going to start with a definition of grief. I found a lot of them actually, and some of them were just didn't resonate with me. But I found this one, and it just sat well with me. Grief is a natural response to the loss of something or someone to which we have formed a bond or an attachment. So I'm going to read that again. Grief is a natural response to the loss of something or someone to which we have formed a bond or an attachment. It can also be the feelings of sorrow we experience with change in a familiar pattern of behavior. So that just resonated with me because... You know, usually we think of death with grief and certainly we're going to have grief when there is a death, but we can grieve a lot of things that we've lost. Okay, so if you want to get really specific, the term bereavement refers to the state of loss. Grief is the reaction to the loss. A lot of you may have heard of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who, gosh, it was like 30 years ago, she wrote a book on the... uh, five stages of grief. If you've never heard of them, they are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Those were the emotions that were listed as the process we go through to learn to deal with what we've lost. I've heard that for many, many years. Personally, I don't think our emotions are as tidy as that. So in a way, I've never been comfortable with this model, this sort of framework. Not that we don't have those emotions, but I mean, it's good to know if you're experiencing one of those five, it's completely normal. But I also think you can skip some of those processes, you can bypass any of them, and that's normal too. I've had experience of grieving, where I had some of those, but not all of those. People have lots of different responses to grief. And really, there is no, air quotes here, no normal response to loss. The way we grieve is is individual. It's as individual as we are as humans. So when I first outlined this episode I was just going to call it essential oils for grief period but that just sounded incomplete to me because there's so much that happens beyond just grieving so I extended the title to um, grief transition and letting go because to me personally grief no matter how brief or how small is still it's a life-altering experience and I personally, I've always experienced it as a as kind of a three-part process. We move from, see if I can explain this. We move from knowing the reality of what is to experiencing the surreal of what will no longer be to accepting what is. That's kind of the, how I see the transition. So we know what is, and then all of a sudden what is is no longer, and then we have to accept what is. I don't know if that makes sense. I sure hope so. Makes sense to me. We know that things won't ever be the same. So we need to grieve. The thing with grief is you don't want to get stuck there. You need to keep kind of moving and experiencing your emotions and keep transitioning until the point where you can let go. And that's the only way you're going to know healing. I read a terrific quote somewhere that really sums this up for me. It's very simple. And it goes like this. Let it hurt. Let it bleed, let it heal, and let it go. To me, that sums up what grieving, transition, and letting go is all about. Let it hurt, let it bleed, let it heal, and let it go. So, let's talk about the different kinds of things that we, we actually grieve over. As I said, we commonly associate grief with death, and most certainly that is one of the most profound experiences that we can grieve over. But there are a lot of other things that people can be grieving and not even realizing it. You could be grieving some things right now and not be aware of it. So here's a list. Dismissal from a job. That's pretty obvious. Remember, we're grieving the we're, what we're experiencing is the loss of something. So the loss of a job, the loss of our position, of our standing within a, within a company. For a lot of men, their whole identity is caught up in their job. Women have so many different roles, but men really identify with their work. And when they no longer have work, whether it's through uh, being dismissed or whether it's through retirement, it can be a tremendous time of, of grieving for, for a guy. When we lose our status as parents, when children leave home, that's the classic emptiness syndrome. Really hard time for parents because, again, what's been very familiar and purposeful, especially for women, all of a sudden our status has changed. Who we are? Who are we? What now? What do we do? Apart from just missing the presence of our children, uh, the end of a relationship, whether it be a friend or a lover, if you've had certainly the breakup of a relationship can be grieve, grief worthy. But there are friendships, too. If you have have an argument with someone or someone that you've been friends with for many years and the friendship ends, that can be a very, very hard a hard thing to get over. Some losses are a little more abstract, like loss of trust, loss of approval, loss of old beliefs. I met a girl once who had was raised a devout Catholic. And at some point in her young adult life, I think it was probably in her mid-20s, She started really questioning what she had been raised to believe and thought that she didn't want to be a Catholic anymore. Catholicism didn't resonate with her. She left the church, but was really struggling to find out what was her new belief. Let's see. We can grieve when we have the loss of a sense of safety. It's common to grieve over the loss of your community and your familiar surroundings when you move to a new city. You can grieve your youth, and I got to tell you, there are days I grieve my youth because I'm in my mid-fifties, and it's so sounds so vain, but there. Are, sometimes I look in the mirror and I just think, where, where did my jawline go? I used to have a, such a beautiful, sharp jawline in my sort of twenties and thirties, and even early forties, and now I've got this little this little pouch here, and I'm laughing now. But there are days when I just feel like, gosh. You know, I miss uh, I miss the face that I had when I was younger. You know, it's it's not devastating, and I have to say that I'm not really grieving that, but there is a bit of a, an element of sadness that goes with that. And this is also, I'm giving this list also to demonstrate the spectrum of grief. It can be for, from something as simple as, you know, having lost an item to having lost a spouse. So you can see there's a very broad spectrum of grief, and you can find yourself on this spectrum anywhere, and it's all acceptable. There is no, oh, it's not a very important thing that I lost. If you're grieving, you're grieving. You have to let yourself feel it. Okay, um, what else? We can grieve the loss of our good health when we're ill. My sister had Lou Gehrig's disease. She passed away uh, two years ago. Lou Gehrig's disease is also known as ALS. And she once told me that what she grieved the most with the progression of her illness was her loss of independence, because in the end, she was in a wheelchair. She could, her brain worked fine. She could communicate what she wanted, and she had a woman that was with her all the time, and the woman was basically her hands, because my sister could think, but she just couldn't do anything. So I I can really understand how losing independence would be a tremendous uh, loss. Uh, Let's see, we can grieve sexual difficulties, beginning or end of school. A graduation is a happy time, but it can also be a very sad time. Even something like the end of a holiday or vacation, there can be kind of a little mini grief uh, when it's all over. Or after Christmas, there's always a sort of sad letdown phase. That is actually a type of grief. I think you get the picture. To be alive is to experience loss And transition. And you know what? It's perfectly normal. Uh, It's normal to experience it. It's also normal to fight it. It's normal to struggle against it. It's what we do. We don't want to lose that thing, that person, that experience, that look that we used to have. We get angry, irritated, sad. We can't sleep. We can't eat. We pout. We cry. This is all part of the grieving process. So how long does the grieving process take? It takes as long as it takes. I'm not being tongue-in-cheek when I say that, but grieving does not have any time frame. A lot depends on the loss, on the depth of the loss. A lot will depend on your own personality. It can take weeks. It can take years. But however long it takes, please do not judge yourself or anyone else, for that matter. Don't be hard on yourself. A friend of mine lost her cat that she just adored this cat and even after a year she was still quite heartbroken it was an older cat and it had been her companion for many years and she said she was starting to feel embarrassed because when she would think of her cat and cry her mom would berate her and say are you kidding me that was a cat get over it already and she said I'm so ashamed and I said why your feelings are your feelings remember that when you are in the grieving process, you're reshaping who you are. So please honor the journey. Um, <clears throat> I've become kind of an expert on uh, grieving and, and experiencing loss and on learning to let go. Do you know why? Because I'm a control freak. Um, it's it's another way of saying that I I personally feel really secure when things are the way I want them to be. But, you know, that's most of us. We get attached to people. We get attached to routines. We get attached to whatever is familiar and comfortable. And when whatever we're comfortable with goes away, we feel frightened. Just know whatever the level of your grief accept it. Know it's going to be your passenger for a while until it's not. And the less you resist the loss, the easier it's going to be to let go of attachment to how it should be. Be kind to yourself. Let's take a look at how essential oils and the practice of aromatherapy can help ease the grieving process. How essential oils can nourish us during this journey from loss to letting go. All right, you might want to get out your pen and paper because I think this is some good stuff here I've got for you. So essential oils can shift the energy in the body. It can shift energy physically and energetically. And by energetically, I mean in our etheric body, our energetic body. So we have a physical body and we have an etheric body, which is sort of outside our physical body. Essential oils can provide comfort on all levels, be it physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. They can help you with some of the darkest and most uncomfortable emotions during grief, like sorrow and hopelessness or deep anger, resentment, guilt, any way you use your essential oils, they will be effective. You can use them in the bath, in meditation, in massage, in a diffuser, personal inhalers. There are so many different ways you can use essential oils. There is no wrong way to use them when you're healing grief. Let me get back to the whole energy thing. So grief is a tremendously energetic experience. And so what do I mean by that? Yes, you, you feel it in your body for sure. But there is a deeper, there's a deeper subtle experience happening at the soul level. Mother Earth, our precious Mother Earth, has so much wisdom and can offer us healing in so many ways. If you've been on this plant medicine path for a a while, you know what I mean when I say that, that the plants in our world support and nurture us when we need it the most. Grief is one of those times. Sometimes I think nature is one of the best cures. A far and away of uh, anything that's out there. Spending time outside in nature is really nourishing for your soul. Just taking a walk. If it is winter time, you know, look at the um, the snow on the trees or the frost on the trees. Look at the beauty of the branches. Look at the structure of the tree and the wood. Try to connect with nature. Certainly if the weather is nice, you've got grass and flowers and an abundance of nature around you to look at. So that is one of the first things I recommend is just connect with plants, connect with nature, animals, very, very healing. Getting back to essential oils, if you choose an essential oil based on the part of the plant from which it was extracted, I'm going to say that again, if you choose your essential oil based on the part of the plant where it was extracted, it can be so powerful in increasing your health, your energetic, emotional, and even your physical health there's a really powerful correlation between the part of the plant and how it resonates with you emotionally. So just to way backtrack for a second, taking it right back to the basics, for those of you who are new, this may be new information, essential oils are formed in plants, and they're formed in different parts of the plants. So for example, peppermint is an easy one. Peppermint is um, the glands of the peppermint plant, those glands that contain the peppermint oil, exist in the leaves, but not in the flowers or the roots, for example. So it's the peppermint leaves that contain the oil. If you um, have like a cedarwood tree, the ducts, the glands that contain the essential oil, are in the heartwood of the tree, not in the leaves. So the part of that plant where essential oil comes from is really going to make an impact on what it does with your body. So let me give you an example. Imagine a blend made from oils extracted from... Flowers. Any flowers. I mean, there are, there are a lot of essential oil flowers. There, There's rose and jasmine and lavender and lang lang. They're sweet. They're floral. So think about this blend for a minute. What comes to your mind? What part of your body might you feel a blend from flowers in? What part of your body does that resonate with? Personally, I immediately feel it in my heart. The beauty from the flowers, the sweet aroma, the colors. Okay, you kind of have that experience. Good. Now, we're going to switch blends. Imagine a blend made from root oils, vetivert, spikenard. How is this feeling different? Where might you be feeling this in your body? Now, this exercise really helps if you are familiar with the way these essential oils smell. But you can do this with, with any essential oil. Open a bottle of essential oil that comes from a leaf and smell it. Open a bottle of essential oil that comes from a flower. Now smell that. Open a bottle of essential oil that comes from, let's say, um, a fruit like lemon. This is a great exercise to do at at some point in your day or in your week. You can just stop, take out a bottle of essential oil, notice the plant part it comes from, and see where it resonates in your body. That is a great way to deepen your relationship with the essential oils. This is way beyond therapeutics and chemistry and all that stuff. Those things are important because... We mean, we, we have to have safety and there are, there are rules with essential oils. But what I'm talking about now is purely energetic and it is connecting with your essential oils at the soul level. Okay, so now I'm going to share some plants and their parts and how they can have an impact on your grieving, your transitioning and letting go. Now, these are my personal associations with each plant part. You can use this as a guide. But they're also, a lot of these are widely accepted in healing circles. Um, people who do work with essential oils and work with them energetically also will use many of these guidelines. For example, that, that um, wood oils are grounding. Kind of makes sense. So some of these are my personal associations. Some are just kind of widely accepted. But do remember that if what I share does not resonate with you, or if you sense there's something else about that plant part, please honor that. Write it down. Use that information. The more you work with essential oils in different ways, whether it's for cleaning, for energetic work, for the chemistry, the more you're going to deepen your relationship and you're really going to have such a great understanding of essential oils. For some of you, if this seems woo-woo and way out there, that's fine. Just keep an open mind. And you might be surprised at, at some of the things that can happen with oils and your experiences with oils, some of the healing that can take place when you use them in different ways, ways that are maybe outside of uh, your comfort zone. Okay, here comes the plants. Um, let's start with... Ah, no, no, no. I knew there was something else I wanted to say. The kind, this goes back to honoring what you feel about the oils. This kind of blending is private. It is between you and the oil. Between you and you. Only you know what you need. And again, if this is, you're doing work on yourself. If you're doing work with someone else, you'll need to have a conversation with them. But again, honor where they are. And of course, always keep safety in mind. Anyway, that's the beauty of energetic work, is that there is no wrong way to do it, as long as you're keeping within the parameters of, of essential oil safety. So plant part number one, Are the flowers I had to start with flowers because they're so profoundly healing for the heart in particular rose oil rose oil resonates with the heart energy in grief when your heart is broken there's nothing like rose oil to soften that pain the oils made from flowers offer uh, new energy they are tremendously supportive for your emotions Making a blend from flowers is really about love and friendship and forgiveness and soothing both the heart and the mind. Lavender is um, a tremendous emotional balancer. Lavender is known as being the great balancer, so it can really help to settle and balance emotions that are way off kilter. There are so many beautiful flower oils, so I'm just going to, for each category of plant part, I'm just going to give you five or six oils within that category. So within the flowers, you might want to try, as I mentioned, rose, lavender, jasmine is exquisite, neroli, Roman chamomile, lang lang. They're all extremely sweet and a little dab will do you with these essential oils. They're, they're, they tend to be expensive, but you do not need much. And in, protect, in particular, when doing energy work, I tend to go with a very low dilution of 1% which is five to six drops of essential oil in one ounce of carrier. Next are the resins. The resins are really, really important when you're feeling wounded and beaten up. You know, when you have been struggling with grief for so long and you just literally feel like you're beaten up. The resins are, let me tell you how the resins are extracted. A tree is wounded. So I'm going to use frankincense as an example because frankincense is a resin that's familiar to most of us and and because I, I've seen this process with the, with the frankincense tree. So the frankincense tree, they take a machete and they actually slice the tree. They wound it and what that does is it causes a reaction from the tree to want to heal the wound and it exudes this gorgeous thick um, uh, aromatic resin, and and it's trying to heal itself. Well, the correlation is perfect. R- the resin essential oils are awesome for physical wounds. So if your skin is wounded, the resins are great to put on there to help heal the wounds. They're cicatricent. They help form scar tissue. But they also, the resins are great for healing emotional wounds. Historically, they've been used for meditation. They've been used to make incense for all sorts of rituals, for protection. They can be used for all these purposes. When you want to show respect to some aspect of your life, make a blend with resins. They're very thick. So, you know, you might, for example, resins are not always my first choice for the diffuser, but they may be used in an anointing oil, for example. I'll talk a little bit at the very end about ways you can use the oils. It's not going to be my primary focus for this podcast. Anyway, I'm digressing. Let me get back. Citrus oils are my next group, and I'm kind of putting these in the order that's important to me personally flowers first, resins, and the citrus oils. So, grief is not fun. Grief is dark, grief is heavy, grief is like a cloud over your head. You can wake up feeling dread, you can wake up feeling hopeless. The day can just be endless, and the citrus oils really help combat that stuff. They're uplifting they can relieve that dark feeling of hopelessness. They're very refreshing. They smell amazing. I always think about where they grow on the tree. So we have, you know, orange and lemon, we've got these citrus oils and they're right up there at the top of the tree, stretched out, reaching for the sunshine. And with lots and lots of sunshine, they're nourished. I guess I think that the energy of the sunshine is in these plants. So you think about what a fresh, beautiful energy it brings into your being when you use the citrus oils. They are great to lighten the heart, lighten the mind. These are good oils for the letting go phase. My go-to, especially if I'm feeling anxiety around loss, it's always bergamot. Some people pronounce it Bergamot. I've always said Bergamo. That's my first choice because it's great for relieving anxiety, those feelings of insecurity when your foundation is yanked out from under you remember if you're going to be using them on the skin, please read um, my safety guidelines. I'm going to put my safety guidelines in the show notes. It's actually a blog post I wrote on the safety guidelines. So in the show notes, I'm going to put safety guidelines and my blog post about blending dilutions. So if you have not seen those before, it'll be there for you. So what you'll have is how much to blend and safe ways to blend. And the reason I stress Safety, in particular with the citruses, is some can be phototoxic. If you have them on your skin and go out into the sun, you may have a reaction. Next, the wood oils. With the wood oils, think about a tree and think about the role that the trunk plays. Think about the limbs. The trunk, the limbs, they hold it all together, don't they? They're like the bones of the tree. So essential oils that are extracted from the wood of the tree, like cedar wood or sandalwood, help us to maintain our core strength. In the last episode, the one on safety with children, safe, safety, safe aromatherapy for children, I shared how I have my grandson visualize himself as a tree when he's scattered while he's smelling cedarwood. Nothing is going to make you feel more scattered and lose focus and lose concentration than depression and grief. If your energy is dispersed like that, you can regain your sense of centeredness by using a wood oil. The essential oils that are great to use for grieving from the wood family or from the wood, you know, the wood of the oil. Oh my God. The wood of the tree are Palo Santo, wood, Rosewood. Rosewood is if you can find it, but it's very, very hard to get right now and it's often adulterated. So be very, very sure that it's the real thing from your source. Sandalwood and cedar wood okay next we have the roots so where I live in Pennsylvania we have a lot of big trees on our property so one year there was a huge wind and a gigantic pine tree fell just fell over there are a lot of smaller trees on the property and they were completely fine but this one gigantic pine tree just plunk fell over on its side we were so happy Did not it fell right in our driveway we were so happy didn't fall in the house when we went out and looked at it, I said to my husband, what the heck happened? And he said, look at the roots. The roots were weak. It couldn't stand anymore. The roots of a plant provide support. They anchor the plant to the soil. So central oils that come from roots can support you through times of, of real instability. They support you feeling grounded, settled. They're very calming. They anchor you. So the the root oils are the first one I would recommend is Angelica Root. Now, Angelica Root is quite expensive. Sometimes I say if you can find a cheaper oil that will do the same thing, get it. But I have to say Angelica Root is really good in times of grieving, grieving because it really helps you feel grounded and it connects you with the angels. That's why it's called Angelica Root. The other root oils are ginger, ply spikenard and vetiver. Very, very beautiful. Um, I love vetiver for grounding. It smells like dirt. And sometimes I just want that. Right, next are the leaves. So the leaves are the respiratory system of the plant. In traditional Chinese medicine, the lungs are the seat of grief and sadness. Just pull out your leaf oils when you feel that your grief is suffocating you. When you need to breathe in new life. Notice... During the grieving process, if your lungs get sick, if you get a chest cold or you get you're coughing, maybe if you get asthma or some kind of lung congestion, notice that that could be grief, you know, that's stuck in there that maybe you want to help get out. The leaf oils are also great for um, as expectorants. So if there's a lot of congestion in your lungs, it can also help you get things out. So many essential oils are, are drawn from leaves. So I've got about, well, I don't know, about 10 here I'll list. Okay, ready? Basil, Bergamo Mint, Eucalyptus, Fragonia, Cistus, uh, Laurel Leaf, Peppermint, Spearmint, Rosemary, Ravint, Sarah, and Tea Tree. Those are just to name a few. They help with breathing and the, they'll just help to keep that grief moving so you can get it out of your lungs okay and our last group are the cones I love conifer cones pine cones are some of the most beautiful tree decorations in nature I James and I spent a lot my husband and I spent a lot of time in the woods and I'm always dragging them home every time we're in the woods but then I end up regretting it because they look so out of place out of the woods they just seem lonely without, you know, mama tree hanging over them. In the years I lived in Rome, I visited the Vatican, Vatican City uh, quite a few times. And there's a huge fountain there called La Fontana della Pigna. It literally means the fountain of the pine. And um, there are pine cone statues all over the place. There are figurines of pine cones all over the place in Rome and in other parts of Italy. If you even if you look at the staff, there's a big staff that the Pope carries. There's a pine cone on it, so the pine cone is the evolutionary precursor to the flower. Its spines are are spiral. So if you put, if you pick up a pine cone and look at the bottom of it, it's got what's what I like to think of as sacred geometry. Like if you look at a rose or a sunflower, it's also it's got sacred geometry, and a pine cone has the same thing in the bottom. Throughout. Recorded human history, pine cones have served as a symbolic representation of human enlightenment. It's not just from the pine tree, but from other conifers. Suffice it for this episode to say that essential oils from cones support your third eye or your intuitive center, your psychic seat. So I save these oils for when I want to talk with whatever's lost. I like these oils also for letting go. The tree cones are cypress scotch pine, siberian fir, pinyon pine, ponderosa pine, and white pine. In the show notes, I'll add links to the blending dilutions, to the safety. If you're new to using essential oils, please look at those before you handle essential oils. Or if you're not new, if you just want a review, go ahead and check those out. Okay, and finally, I'm just going to touch on the different ways that you can use all these essential oils while you're grieving. So there's diffusion, mist sprays where you would put essential oils and water together and mist. You could mist over your heart with the rose oil. You could mist over your head. You could mist in the air and ask for healing from your angels. You can do gentle anointing. You can do a foot, of course, a foot or a hand massage. You can make a blend, take it to your massage therapist and ask him or her to massage you with it. You can do a nice ritual healing bath with oils. You can um, work with crystals and essential oils. Use them in meditation. There are a lot of ways you can use the essential oils to help you with the grieving process. I hope that was helpful. And now, to lighten things up a little bit, it's time for Smell My Life! life! in the Smell My Life segment, I always like to share a little way in which I've used essential oils in my own personal life in the past week. Well, I've got a story this week, but it is so not sexy. I had a mess in my kitchen cupboard. Oh, something with rubber feet kind of disintegrated. I have white laminate in the inside of my cupboards. And something with black rubber feet I picked it up. It was a it was a scale actually, and the feet sort of disintegrated over time. I don't know what happened, but it was a mess. I picked it up to clean the cabinet actually, and ended up having to take everything out of the inside of the cabinet. And like a dope, I just I grabbed a sponge, and what I did was I smeared. I made it worse. And anyway, and I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute, I know better. I got lemongrass essential oil, mostly because it was handy, and I know lemongrass is pretty good at cutting through gunk and poured it right and of course it was laminate so that's not going to hurt the laminate and I just poured it right on my sponge and boom it just removed it like nothing and then I proceeded to just clean the whole inside of my cupboards with lemongrass so that was a nasty mess that got cleaned up very very quickly with uh, lemongrass essential oil I enjoyed smelling it while I was cleaning it my cabinets look fabulous afterwards I put everything back in and now when I open the doors of the cabinet it smells good Well, sweet listeners, that wraps it up for this week's podcast on grief, Aromatic Wisdom Podcast number 25. And if you would like to make me happy, please go into iTunes and leave a review. I really, really love that. I appreciate every single kind review that is left, and it really helps other people to find the podcast. If you did want to leave a review, it's aromaticwisdominstitute.com forward slash iTunes. All right. I'm going to hush now. I'll let you go. Until next time, be happy, be well.